0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Jerry's over there not paying attention, which means it's time for Stuff You Should Know. She
0: just looked at you like, you jerk. I heard you, Josh. I'm totally paying attention. I've killed you in my dreams before,
1: Josh. (laughs) I choked the life
0: out of you. You know what uh, song I've been singing in my head all day and researching this? What? Stool Boom from Waiting for
1: Guffman. Let's hear it. Stool Boom.
0: That's all I'll saying. Uh, but there's more lyrics to it? Yeah, I mean, the whole joke. Remember? In... No,
1: I've never seen that one. Oh, boy. I know. I, I can't believe I haven't.
0: Guffman is... That and Best in Show to Me are tied for first. Yeah. Um
1: I could watch those just about
0: any time. Even though you haven't seen one of them?
1: If it's anything like Best in Show, oh, yeah. I'm sure I can watch it. And I assume it's virtually the same movie.
0: Yeah, the joke in Guffman is it's the uh, anniversary of the town, of this very small town. And they were, so they do a stage musical about uh-huh. the history of the town. Right. And the, the town was sort of founded on this one guy who invented the stool. So the town had a stool boom <laughs> and they have this big number called stool boom. That's great. And, you know, of course it's a play on the, uh, poop
1: well i dude stool is a word that sticks out to you when you're researching poop yeah it is a weird word to use and it's got this definite like quasi-medico smack to it <laughs> sure but at the same time it's also got a uh droopy dangly quality to it that makes it like super appropriate stool
0: yeah, just the way it sounds. Yeah, it we sounds like the sound sample. that poop
1: makes coming out of your rectum. Stools. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and everyone who is just turned off by that, you better skip this episode because we're talking yeah. about poop, buddy, and if you can't handle it, go hide your head under your bed and uh, pretend you don't do it. You can't handle the poop. Yeah.
0: Do you like that? Famous movie line. Movie reference. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll go ahead and give the warning. Surely you're not going to sit down with your lunch and click on whatever you title this one. It's going to be, poop is going to be in the title.
1: What's the deal with poop? Yeah.
0: So just, you know, we're going to talk about poop and what it looks like and smells like and what it should look and smell like and qualities and, and uh, properties of its consistency. It's going to be uh, medically disgusting.
1: We're going to be drowning in poop in this episode. Yeah. Stool.
0: But it's important because you can learn a lot from your poop. Yeah. And you should not ignore your poop. You should, um, maybe not every time, but you should check in on your poop and look at it.
1: Okay, so there's a couple of things regarding that, because that definitely is recommended. We used, a, um, in part, a Mercola article. Yeah, very helpful. <clears throat> and, um, like, there was a lot of encouragement to stop and turn around and look at your poop before you flush
0: you know smell the roses stop and
1: take the time to smell the roses (laughs) right this is sort of like that but it's poop but hold your breath no you should smell it i guess you should a little bit i think it's more if you hold your breath and can still smell it then there's a problem (laughs) yeah good point Uh, but uh, there's also such a thing i think as paying too much attention to your poop like after researching this i was like Oh man, am, am I just letting it go? Is this too hard? Is this straining? Like, what's the problem here? Like, I I, I feel like I'm freaking out a little bit. So I think there's a certain uh, there's a certain something to be said about just chilling out about your poop. But yeah, keeping an eye on it once in a while. Because if I learned one thing from researching this, it's that if suddenly your poop starts falling out of its normal patterns, whatever that may be.
0: Uh, I thought you' were gonna say starts like falling out of your ear right something. that's that,
1: a big problem- or like South Park where remember they pooped out of their mouths
0: yeah, there by the way, there is such a thing as fecal vomiting,
1: okay, well, let's just get to that right now. what is it's how? when
0: you're so impacted compacted in, in, which which you would be impacted as well, okay, um, your poop is so backed up in your colon that you actually regurgitate back up, <laughs> but it does not come up looking like a stool. It doesn't matter. Um it's not like you're you're I mean it's so gross. I'm so sorry. It's still but poop it's, right? it's not it's like just you're coming vomiting. out the other end. Yeah, I mean it's 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 digestive fluids that are behind the poop mainly. Hmm. So it's not like can I say turd?
1: <laughs> if you want. I find that an unpleasant word, but right. some people are fine. Stool. With
0: it. It's not like a stool comes out of your hey, mouth. Hey buddy,
1: you can say the T word if you want. <laughs> so really how is it just not vomiting then?
0: Uh because it's directly related to the backup of feces. I got gotcha.
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> well, those ones that were hanging on just to see, <laughs> they're gone now. It's just you and me, Chuck and Jerry. Yep. So uh anyway, if you if you if your poop suddenly takes a strange turn and it stays that way for a little while, yeah. Then it's time to really start paying attention to your poop. Maybe Agreed. call a doctor. Yeah. Maybe look into the whole thing. But don't overthink your poop too much. Just keep an eye on it. Uh, yeah. And, and it's like you said, there is a tremendous amount to be learned from your poop. As a matter of fact, in 2014, some archaeologists in Denmark, in Odense, Denmark, which is where Hans Christian Andersen's from, discovered a <laughs> latrine, a buried latrine mm-hmm. of barrels and barrels and barrels of 700 year old Danish poop. Yeah. From the town. Is and, it just
0: dried up? At, at- no.
1: What? It still smelled. Wow. Yeah, and there, as a, as a matter of fact, because of that, they're able to really start to dig into this hmm. quite literally, yes, and find you know a lot out about their diet, uh-huh. about the um, the evolution of human gut uh, microbial, yeah, which we're gonna get into. Um, and there's a lot you can tell from it too. Interesting. You don't have to go digging around Denmark to learn about your own poop. You just no. have to look through the toilet. So to know what to look for, it's best to understand, well, just what a healthy poop is, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's get a couple of stats out of the way. Um, the average uh, Joe and Jane produces about 10,000 pounds of poop in a lifetime.
1: It's like five tons, right? Yeah. Where did you find that? The only place I could find it was Uber Facts and then this article. The,
0: this the uh article that you sent i thought was pretty reputable
1: okay i did too but i couldn't find it anywhere else except uber facts
0: right well how about this we'll just caveat that with two people say right that you produce 10,000 pounds in a lifetime 5 tons 5 tons and uh poop is made of uh well it's made of about 70 to 75% water right uh fiber undigested foods water uh I already said water fats uh cholesterol salt phosphates Cells, cellular waste? Dead and live bacteria. Yeah. Uh, about 30% is dead bacteria. Right. So that's, you know, it's nasty.
1: That's a, it's a lot of bacteria. <laughs> yeah. The nasty stuff is the live stuff that you're shedding because it's not supposed to be in there.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Poop comes in many sizes and shapes and colors, uh, and we're going to get into those in more detail.
1: So there's this awesome, awesome thing called the Bristol stool scale. And it is an illustrative guide to what healthy poop looks like. And it's type one through seven. Type one looks like little deer poops. Uh, they're, they're characterized as separate hard lumps like nuts. And then in parentheses, hard to pass. And then, and then in parentheses again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> type
0: two, uh, sausage shaped but lumpy. That looks sort of like a, uh, baby Ruth, a baby Ruth, which is why I think they use that in the movie Caddyshack. Shack. Sure. Um type three and types three, four, and five is
1: Yeah, now we're in the sweet spot. Yeah,
0: that's that's the good range of where you want to be, and apparently four is is the best poop of all.
1: Dr. Mercola calls it the holy grail of poops. <laughs> type four. So type three
0: is uh like a sausage as well, but with uh cracks on the surface. So uh,
1: I guess the sausage is not very well made. <laughs> right. It's a rustic sausage. <laughs> type four is just uh it's a smooth, consistent surface it's like a snake between one and two inches in diameter up to 18 inches long.
0: I hear that in my head spins.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a big, it's a big poop.
0: Yeah. And I also read that, um, literally the perfect stool is an, the perfect stool is a number four, an S shaped number four.
1: Yeah. And the reason why it's shaped that way is because it's, um, developed into that S shape in your intestines, right?
0: Yeah. And, uh, my brother, my amazing brother.
1: Oh, I'm sure it makes a cash register sound <laughs> when he poops. He used to uh,
0: send me pictures of his poops because he was very famous for his long poops. <laughs> okay. and um, You this should was, post
1: some of those. We should make a gallery. Well, I'll, I'll
0: have to. I mean, this is before digital photography. He would take a photo, get it developed, and, <laughs> and mail it to me. Wow. In college.
1: Man, that's Scott. Uh,
0: and one of them was a, a beautiful, perfectly shaped S. And he was like, look, I pooped my initial. <laughs> and um, But now I know, and I can tell him, if he doesn't listen to this one, that... Dude, you had the whole the the unicorn of poops. The holy grail, the long S.
1: Yeah, eighteen inch S, two inch diameter, perfectly consistent That's exterior. What it was
0: tapered at both ends? It was gorgeous.
1: And the color also is very important. Jerry's um,
0: just tittering like a child over like, there.
1: <laughs> the, a light brown color is really what you're looking for. I think most people understand what poop's supposed to look like, and the reason it has that light brown color is from bilirubins. Which are um, from Paul Rubens? From Paul Rubens, <laughs> Paul Billy Rubens. Yeah. Um, which are? Uh, it's a pigment that comes from the breakdown of um, red blood cells yeah. in the liver. So it breaks it down. Get some Billy That's what makes your poop brown.
0: We'll talk about color more in a minute, but um, I just couldn't wait. I know. Type five. Uh, you're still in the pretty good zone if you're if you have soft blobs with clear cut edges. S-
1: Still, it's caused to be like, I can do better than this. <laughs> if it breaks apart on impact, you're like, I can do better. And uh, I, I can tell you exactly <laughs> what you need to do to do better. We'll get to it. Yeah. Fiber. Man.
0: Sorry. <laughs> uh, type six, um, this is when you're heading toward, um, bad news. Fluffy pieces of poop with ragged edges and mushy.
1: So you're, nope. it, yeah. It means no you're bit. hungover.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. And number seven, finally, uh, watery, entirely liquid, no solid whatsoever, uh, a.k.a. Chuck on antibiotics, mm. which I call poop pills, which I've said before on the show. Yeah. And by the way, the Bristol stool scale, uh, we should give props to Dr. Stephen Lewis and Dr. Ken Heaton of the University of Bristol.
1: Go fighting... Stools. Yeah. Uh,
0: 1997 was when they first published that thing.
1: I love that And thing. you
0: can find those. You see them in doctor's offices, certain kinds of doctors. Sure. Or my house. Do you have one? Mm-hmm.
1: Is it just right in front of the toilet? It was. Okay. But Yumi's like, eh <laughs> <laughs> Um So, Chuck, you said fiber was a big deal. And we're going to talk about fiber a little in a little more depth later on. But if you do have stool that is not sticking together and it's really sticky, it's really, you can't get past it. All you have to do is up your intake of fiber. And there's two kinds of fiber. There's soluble fiber, which actually uh, is absorbed, and it sl- that slows down your poop yeah. process, and it allows more nutrients to be absorbed from food. Good stuff. Then there's insoluble fiber, which is what most people think of, like fiber, like grains and things like that. Yeah. That actually isn't digested by you. It actually becomes food for the gut bacteria later on down the, down the road.
0: Which is great because it is you great. want to keep them alive.
1: It also has the added benefit of bulking your poop up and acting like a sort of glue that keeps your poop together yeah. into that one long, perfectly smooth, 18 inch, uh, 2 inch diameter S shaped snake.
0: <laughs> uh, if it is softer but not completely diarrhea, like soft serve ice cream, Uh, it may be lactose intolerance, which is something I suffer from. Oh, really? Yeah. A little bit. Not, not terribly. But you love ice cream. Yeah. I mean, it only really hits me hard if I have like a lot of lactose in a single meal. Like if I have a lot of cheese, if I eat like a cheese pizza and top it off with an ice cream sundae, Ah, it's bad news. Yeah. So I I just don't do that. Or I do. And I know what's coming. Yeah. But I just can't help myself. Yeah. Uh, or if you use artificial uh, sweeteners, that can cause your stools to be looser than normal. Mm-hmm. Or if you have some sort of uh, glu- uh, gluten intolerance or celiac, um that can hurt your make your poop looser as well. It's true and wreck all kinds of things in your body.
1: We need to do digestibly. one on artificial sweeteners, man.
0: Yeah, we should probably maybe revisit gluten. I know we did that one, but that was a while ago. I
1: think it's done. Is it done? Sure. All right. Great. Have we ever done lactose intolerance?
0: I don't i don't think so now
1: really Mm-mm. I'm surprised we haven't done milk there's a lot of cool stuff with that like you know there's different kinds of milk depending on where you are in the world sure. and they think that that has to do with lactose intolerance there's like type a or type b milk yeah uh it, it's pretty interesting stuff
0: yeah and did you know that skim milk has an additional like chemical additive it
1: that- has a lot of high fructose corn syrup in it Oh, really? So, yeah, because when that. you take – that's the whole secret to low-fat. That's why low-fat stuff made everybody tubby and gave everyone diabetes because when you take the fat out of stuff, there goes the taste too. So you have to bring some taste back with high-fructose corn syrup that does nothing to do with the fat content. Yeah. It just gives it some flavor, but it also is sugar, added sugar. Yeah, there's also some other additive that you need.
0: I've, I don't drink a ton of milk anymore, but I, I started drinking whole milk again and. It is so
1: delicious. What is it doing to you? If you're lactose intolerant, how did you reintroduce milk into your diet?
0: No, that's the thing. Like, I can drink a glass of milk or uh, eat a bowl of cereal or something, and it doesn't wreck me or anything. Huh. Like, it has to be a just lot. Just a cheese
1: though. pizza followed by a sundae. Yeah, just too much,
0: you know? And a glass of you. milk isn't too much. Okay. I'm lactose, um, I think, semi-intolerant. How's okay. that?
1: Or if you're... Uh, Uh, an optimist and the glass of milk is half full you're lactose semi-tolerant yeah
0: there you go we'll call you that alright well let's take a break here you read my mind let's gather ourselves and uh, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about uh, the difference between healthy and unhealthy stools All right, Josh, you want to talk what a good healthy stool looks
1: like? Yeah, and by proxy, an unhealthy stool as well.
0: Should we go back and forth?
1: No, I think we should go healthy, unhealthy. Okay. That's that's how I think it'd be best. All right, great. Are you cool with that? I'm great with it. Okay.
0: So healthy stool, um, you already said, uh, medium to light brown, it's pretty good. Um, different colors can mean different things. Uh, sometimes it's not a big deal, like if you ate beets the night before. And right. You're pooping red. Don't fret and think I have internal bleeding. Uh, it's just the beats.
1: Have you seen that Portlandia where they're like, so, huh? they 911 dispatchers, but they're like, <laughs> really? did you have beats? And the person's like, yes. They're like, it's the beats. They're That's like, it's funny. always the beats. Yeah. No is. matter what it is, like Jeff Goldblum gets in a car wreck and <laughs> he's like, I need some help. And he's like, I'm covered in red stuff. And they're like, it's beats. And he, he looks around and he's like, oh, I did run into a beet truck. How would you know that? <laughs> That's pretty and funny. And then they hang up on him and he's like, uh, I still need help. Uh-huh. That's a great one. I haven't seen that. Uh Or, you know, like um
0: I know from experience, too much red wine, believe it or not, can cause uh like black poop. Oh, sure. A little distressing.
1: If you have black tarry poop from what I read. Yeah. Um Where it's like literally sticky. Uh-huh. You probably, and it's, this is, this is something you've started to notice about your poop. It probably, or it could mean that you're bleeding internally. Right. And it's not good. That's not good. No.
0: Alright, let's go back to healthy stools.
1: Yeah, I thought that's what we were going to do.
0: Yeah, uh, medium to light brown, um, soft and smooth and not a lot of pieces, like we mentioned. Yeah. That S shape is just amazing if you can do that (laughs) on a regular basis. Yeah.
1: You should keep a little crown in your bathroom. (laughs) Don't dole it out all the time. You know, it's not a participant ribbon. You really want to save it for the right one. Uh,
0: and listen up too, because here's something I didn't know. How the poop falls into the toilet and whether it floats or not mm. is, is a thing. Yeah. So it says in here, uh, the slightest little gentle whoosh, not a big cannonball splash. Oh,
1: uh, like an Olympic diver going into a pool. Oh, on Just a good, on a
0: well executed dive. Not one where they lean a little too far?
1: No, no, like a like just a... Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's that, supposed to go stool.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then I think the floating deal, if it uh, floats, it, it may be that you're eating too much fat. Right. Uh, which means it uh, could be a sign of malabsorption.
1: Well, yeah, it could mean that you're eating a normal amount of fat, but your body's not absorbing it. And right. And that could be a digestive issue or all, celiac, all sorts of things. Yeah. Could
0: be celiac. Could be pancreatitis.
1: It could be some problems. Again, if you, it's not becoming evident yet there's a lot of stuff a lot of information you can glean from your poop
0: yeah and if floaters are fun and cute because you can poke them and play with them right but you really want a sinker
1: yeah do you still have that bathroom stick i got you for christmas the poking stick oh yeah
0: yeah oh, i thought that was a back scratcher
1: <laughs> no it's a poop poker yeah for right. floaters well I, I can use it for both We've, we're we eight right now.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, unhealthy poop. Did we finish healthy? Yeah. Uh, ribbon-like or pencil-like, that's not good. That can be bad news. That can mean you have some sort of obstruction, maybe a tumor, right. sort of mashing things together.
1: Yes. And again, once in a while something happens like this, you don't need to go call 911. Sure. But just keep an eye on it. Yeah,
0: because it's just the beats. That's
1: what they would tell you.
0: Right. Right. Uh, you covered a black and tarry, bright red is also not a good sign. No, it could be a medication. Apparently, black licorice can cause black and tarry poop. Yeah, if you're
1: if you're eating black licorice, though, you're gross person and you should stop that.
0: I don't like any of that stuff.
1: Black licorice gross,
0: or any like uh, red vines and Twizzlers. uh,
1: Oh, you don't like any licorice. Red licorice is great.
0: Well, um, Emily loves, which is the superior one, Twizzlers. I think it's the Twizzler she I, loves.
1: She may think red vines are there's a lot of people that do. No, I, I think say Twizzlers I think are the I think she's better. a
0: Twizzler uh a Twizzler head.
1: Okay, good for her.
0: But um I just I've never gotten it. I don't get it. Gummy bears and stuff, they just I don't like those well, things.
1: Well, those are like a totally different thing. Didn't in the texture kind of the same? No. No. Not really. No, I don't like any of it. Chewy, I guess, but Yeah. No, not really. Not a fan. You should try them. You should also try licorice and gummy bears next to each other so you can suss out the difference. Okay. Cause they're not the same thing.
0: Well, the point is I don't like either one. Why would I <laughs> That's try that? Fine. Uh, a no. So white, pale, or gray stools is no good. It may mean you have a lack of bile or a variety of diseases from mm-hmm. cirrhosis to hepatitis.
1: Yeah. You want to be producing bile. Yes. Um, If you have white stool, it could also mean that somebody slipped you a little barium sulfate and gave you an x-ray. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So if you've drank barium sulfate recently and you have white poop, it's probably not cause for alarm. They'll probably tell you that when they give you the x-ray. I would hope so, but just in case somebody got a lousy medical provider, we're here to help you.
0: Yellow is no good,
1: right? Yeah. Gilbert syndrome, which means that you're... um. Your liver's not processing the bilirubins, so they're not breaking down and turning your poop brown. They're passing through intact and in, right. in dyeing your poop yellow. Gilbert, huh? Not Gilbert? No. I love it. Thank goodness uh, for the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> Gilbert. Uh,
0: yellow stool could also be giardia or, uh, uh problems with your gallbladder.
1: Yep. And then mucus, Chuck. So if you look closely at your poop, especially if you open it up with your poking stick, you're going to find that there's some mucus associated with it. Yeah. Um, a small amount of mucus is totally normal. Your intestines actually produce mucus um, to coat your colon so that it helps smooth the stool through. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, of course, your stool is going to be coated in a little bit of mucus. Mm-hmm. If you notice that all of a sudden... Um, it looks like someone snotted all over your poop and this is a new development. That is cause for concern because there are uh, conditions where you you can overproduce mucus yeah, um, and it can be a problem.
0: Yeah. Odor. Here's what to look for. All your poop is going to stink somewhat because it's poop.
1: Yeah. Bacteria chew on undigested food and produce gases as a byproduct and that creates the stinky poop smell.
0: That's right. But apparently- if it is really bad, and they qualify, uh, quantify this as over, above, and beyond the normal stinky poop smell.
1: Right. If it could make a billy goat puke. <laughs>
0: Very nice first blood reference.
1: Thank you.
0: Um, it could be uh, some other issues at play if it's really that bad. Um, malabsorption again. Celiac, Crohn's, yeah. chronic pancreatitis, cystic fibrosis. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I guess that's subjective. I think... The key in all of this that I've read is look for big changes. Right. That's, so,
1: that's the key. Yeah. If, if
0: your poop is normally just pretty stinky and then all of a sudden you are revolting yourself, then you could have something else going on.
1: <laughs> or if your pet billy goat is just throwing up everywhere every time <laughs> you go, that's a that's a big change too. And again, you yourself, you have your own pooping rhythm. You have your own pooping thing. And a lot of people wonder, how often are you supposed to poop? And apparently it's a very wide range, anywhere from three times a week to three times a day. That's me. So uh, I think that uh, that washes out which one? About three times a day. Okay. That's yeah. That's, I don't I that's don't have normal, a normal but with then again the, if you said three times a week, that'd be normal too.
0: Yeah, I have never had issues with uh getting backed up and having yeah, troubles. Either. Which uh it's thank goodness. It's terrible, you know. Yeah. I th- well, never mind. so I won't reveal too much about my family.
1: <laughs> all of that washes out to about once a day on average, but that's kind of a um, that's a that's a terrible thing to average out because it makes people think, well, I do it three times a day or I do it three times a week. So really, anywhere between there is normal.
0: Yeah, and different things can uh, cause you to get backed up um, if you're traveling a lot. sometimes uh, it hadn't happened to me, but I've seen it before on vacations. Um, when uh, you know d- beloved family members have trouble pooping while they travel, uh-huh. um, whether that's from being in a different, you know, not wanting to poop in like a public restroom—that's part of it. To just uh, changes in your diet, because your of travel.
1: circadian rhythm because of jet lag. Sure,
0: absolutely, uh, hormonal fluctuations. Yeah, how much sleep you're getting? Um, what else? It, if you're uh, sick, obviously,
1: right? Um. All those things can add up, and apparently age uh, has a lot to do with it as well. If you are 65 and over, something like 40% of people over 65 have some sort of um, constipation. Man. It's just part of growing old, they think, Yeah. Um, which sucks because if you can go three times a day and you're snapping while you do, yeah. you're a lot happier than if you are uh, over 65 and constipated. Sure. There's a lot of problems with constipation. Initially, there's just the problem of straining when you go. Yeah. Which is not fun. Um, there is not feeling like you have fully eliminated everything that needs to go. Apparently, you can feel sluggish after you go. Oh, really? Which is weird. There's that defecation syncope. hmm Which I said correctly this time. Oh, right. Um, and then there's larger, larger problems. Like after a while, your, your digestive system is okay to hold about a week's worth of food at one time if it needs to. Yeah. It doesn't want to, but it me. can. Yeah. Um, once you go beyond that, or even if, um, you are eliminating, but not eliminating everything, it starts to build up and you're constipated, you can have an impacted colon. Yeah. And then the real joy begins.
0: Yes. And by joy, you mean pain.
1: Yeah. They, um, they will go in with a mineral oil enema to start. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work. They may go in and manually break up your poop, which is exactly what it sounds like. Thank you for demonstrating that with your hand. You're very welcome. Uh, and then if that doesn't work, they may surgically remove the poop from your, uh, your digestive system. Man. It's not good to not poop. That's sad. We're going to talk about some ways to help yourself poop. If you're one of those people who poops less than you'd like to or you find yourself constipated a lot, we're going to help you out right after this. (laughs)
0: All right, uh it takes about um between uh 18 and 72 hours for your food to become poop right. and for you to pass it in general. Yeah. Uh and if that's shortened, that's when you're going to get the diarrhea because that means your intestines hasn't uh didn't have enough time to absorb the water to make that poop more dense.
1: Yeah, and we talked a lot about that in the um the digestive system episode, which was great. Yeah, we also did one on fecal transplants. Yeah. But we haven't still, in my opinion, focused enough on just the poop, which is why we're doing this one. <laughs> Thank you. We need a poop spotlight. Uh,
0: and then constipation is the opposite. That is when too much water has been absorbed. Uh, and that's that, those hard, uh, hard stools and hard to pass stools, right. which can lead to, uh, to, uh,
1: hemorrhoids. It can. So, um, hemorrhoids is the result of swollen veins in your anus and rectum. Not awesome at all. No, I had them bad once. It's no fun. So and it can be very painful. Yeah. Uh, and it makes you not want to go, because you have to strain. It's like a, a vicious circle, right? Yeah. Like you have to strain, but it hurts to strain. Yeah. Because it 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 makes your hemorrhoids worse, and then you um don't want to go at all. So you avoid going, which is a cardinal sin as far as staying regular goes. Yeah. When you get the urge to go. You go. You yeah. don't hold it. Doesn't matter if you're at a truck stop <laughs> or uh at the Queen of England's house. You go. <laughs> I would love to poop there. <laughs> right. That's so, be the best. Um the hemorrhoids will eventually clear up with treatment especially but um it, it's it's a it's a part of the problem with being constipated is you can very easily get hemorrhoids
0: yeah the key is really try and not strain even though you really want to get the poop out it's yeah. just going to make it all worse um so that's
1: easier said than done so i mean yeah. like what do you do if you are constipated or you don't poop as often as you'd like to what are some of the fixes for that
0: well, they don't advise you to run out and start using laxatives immediately. No. Uh that's sort of a last resort home yeah. home uh remedy.
1: Which is crazy because laxatives are marketed in a way that makes it seem like yeah, you have trouble poop, take a laxative and yeah. you'll be fine. Stick and that's this up actually they they're supposed to be a last resort option, like yeah. a nuclear option basically. Because <laughs> well they they um train your the muscles in your intestines to rely on them. And to basically get weak and you need to keep those things strong. Yes.
0: Uh, more tips. Yeah. Eat whole foods. Uh, we're talking fresh veggies, fresh fruits. Um, fiber is, I mean, you, you should have, I think an adult, I think they recommend now between 25 and 35 grams of fiber per day.
1: Yeah. But we're getting like 10. Yeah. And Miracola suggests 50 grams of fiber per 1,000 calories we consume a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's That a guy's got life. colon blow. <laughs> Do you remember that Saturday Night Live commercial? Oh, yeah. That's a classic. Um,
0: so the fiber you want should come from uh, not grains but from vegetables. Um, like we mentioned, those artificial sweeteners, too much sugar, MSG, uh, too much caffeine, and too much processed food. Yeah, That can all wreak havoc on your system. Uh, and this is all just good for just health and digestive health in general.
1: Exactly. You know? Um, did you say exercise? Not yet. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, exercise not only gets things moving, it also, um, usually when you exercise, one of the things you're doing is working on your core, whether you mean to or not. Sure. It's kind of the center of all of the rest of the muscles you're moving. And when you're working on your core, you're inadvertently strengthening those intestinal muscles that help that choreographed dance of moving your food into your poop and along and out of your, uh, yeah. poop shoot yeah. is what it's called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: staying hydrated if you're not drinking, um, enough water that's not going to do you any favors in yeah. the poop department. Right. Um, if you are addicted to painkillers, uh, one of the awful side effects aside from being addicted to a drug is you're going to have a real hard time pooping.
1: Yeah, because it, it relaxes those muscles too. Yeah. And they need that help. They sure do. They're, they're out there wearing sunglasses, laying on a chaise lounge at like two in the <laughs> afternoon, like the rest of your body when you're on those things. Uh, and then look
0: at the, the, uh, let's talk a little bit about the toilet. The, the shape of the modern toilet.
1: By the way, Strickland and I did a tech stuff on toilets that was really fascinating. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's counterintuitive to how you're, Body should be positioned yeah. to poop. You should not, we did not evolve to poop sitting at a 90 degree angle. No. As if on a chair. No. Um, I've said it before on the show. When I go camping, you go out in the woods, uh, you know, you walk a little bit away from where your friends are
1: at least three, four feet,
0: at least three or four feet. You, you squat down and that's the most natural way to poop. Yeah. It's effortless. It comes right out. There's, you don't even think about pushing or straining. It just, it, it, I believe what it does, doesn't it straighten out the pathway?
1: So it, it relaxes your puborectalis muscle, which, yeah, which straightens out your, your colon, which basically says stool, release right there. Yeah. On the leaves. It's wonderful. It, well, do you remember when we were talking about, uh, India's, like defecation problem, like outdoor defecation problem, yeah. on internet roundup years back, uh-huh. and they were saying one of the big things they were running up against was that people who live in rural areas say this is one of the benefits of wholesome rural living. It's getting to poop outside, man. Yeah. get off my back. Right. I, I can understand where they're coming from.
0: Yeah. So there are, are, are things you can add to your toilets now, um, little um, uh, to raise your feet stools. Yeah, ironically, little footstools. <laughs> uh, not to buzzmark it too much, but I know the squatty potty is something that mm-hmm. fits neatly in front of your toilet. Yeah. And basically it just gets you more in that squatted position than you are normally on your toilet.
1: Right. And this used to be the domain of strictly the whole earth catalog or something like that, but you yeah. can find those things at like Bed Bath and Beyond now.
0: Yeah. I think people are kind of catching on. It's, yeah. a, it's a better, a better way to poop.
1: Yeah. So you can still use your toilet. You don't yeah. have to squat. It just, it does the squatting for you by lifting up your legs. Yeah. It's like you're giving birth basically.
0: Yeah, it's still no substitution for actually squatting. Right. Right on the ground.
1: Which I mean in Japan they have toilets that are made for squatting exclusively.
0: Oh, it's it's just like a hole in the floor?
1: It's kind of like it's it's a lot like a urinal. Okay. On the ground. Interesting. Yeah, so it's not it's not a uh, vertically oriented it's horizontally oriented but it it looks oh. just like a urinal
0: so when you go to like a old city park and the yes. urinal has fallen off onto the ground <laughs> and you squat and poop in that you go to japan it's the same thing right. all
1: right it's a uh, kind of like that <laughs> imagine that but the cleanest experience you could ever imagine even all even right. the squatting toilets are clean in japan i believe it it's nice
0: uh and here's a little tip if you want to avoid hemorrhoids or if you just want to live a cleaner, more sanitary life, get a bidet. Hmm. Uh I, I know I talked about it when I installed my little unit. They can, you know, they Do you have, have a them. a bidet? Well, you can attach them to your regular toilet now.
1: Uh, yeah, just like a with like a T-line or something off of your water supply. Yeah,
0: and it sits under your toilet seat and it's uh spring-loaded so when you turn the water on, this little nozzle pops out. It shoots right up your butt. Right up your butt. And um I've long campaigned against toilet paper, and now that I have a baby, it's even more apparent. It's just, it makes no sense to me Mm -hmm. that you have a baby, and you're like, well, yeah, use wet wipes, because that's how you should clean poop. Sure. And then you get to a certain age, you're like, all right, let's just go with dry paper now. Like, forget the superior wet method.
1: Well, the thing is... It
0: just doesn't make any sense. Why would you move to dry, wipe feces from your butt with a dry piece of paper?
1: Be- like, I understand what you're saying.
0: It's nonsensical.
1: But our sewer systems in the United States are not set up to accept wet wipes. Well, that's why you have the bidet. Okay.
0: No wipes. I mean, yeah. you dab, dab it dry yeah. with a couple of squares. But I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It's, it's amazing.
1: I have a feeling, though, people with bidets are going to be the first with their backs up against the wall when, like, resource conflicts break out over water throughout <laughs> the world. They'll be like, you're doing what with that water? Do you use toilet paper. Yeah, well, that's if, what they're gonna say. If that happens, I will. And it's not a ton of water. You you'll know. turn it off, but you'll be crying, shedding yeah. a tear. <laughs> Goodbye, bidet. See you in 150 years. Uh, where are we? What else we got? <laughs> We're pretty far off. off oh, the, the
0: microbiome. We should talk about that. And we did a great podcast on the microbiome.
1: If we do say so ourselves.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. And um, what they have found is that the modern diet where you're not eating nearly as much fiber as you should and you're eating more processed foods, is not only just impacting your short-term uh, digestive, uh, degrading your short-term digestive health, but mm-hmm. it's affecting your microbiome, which you know, if you listen, could also affect your children and your children's children's yeah, That microbiome. was another
1: good one. Uh, can your grandfather's diet shorten your life?
0: So fiber <clears throat> is great. It's hard to digest. Um, it, so it doesn't break down fully and that's what you want when it's going through your colon, uh, because like you said earlier, the, the bacteria feeds on that and you want to keep that bacteria
1: alive. Right. Uh,
0: cause it's great for you.
1: This is a mental floss article that we were working off of, right? I think so. They were talking about a study from Stanford that found that, uh, they can, they've created mice that are, are microbe free, which is, Beyond bizarre. I don't understand how they stay alive for even a second. Yeah. But then they fed these, these two populations of mice, both microbe free, um, a high fiber diet and the same diet with low fiber and no fiber, I think. And they found that, um, the, with the microbes in the mice that had a high fiber diet, they had like three times more um, diversity in their microbiome than the, what the other mice developed.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you had mentioned they were microbe free and then they put human oh. microbes in there. So it okay, simulated gotcha. the human.
1: So then the human microbiome was reduced by 75% yeah. in the mice with the low fiber diet. That's exactly. what it was.
0: And if they, if they changed that diet after a number of weeks, it could partially recover, but only partially. It could never fully recover.
1: Yeah. So the upshot they did say poop transplants are a viable way of taking uh microbial colonies yeah and and like diverse microbial colonies from a healthy person and putting them in an unhealthy person yeah
0: and fully recovering
1: right and then you can get it all back but the point of this was is that like our diet is largely based on a almost a fiber free model like we eat very little of fruits and vegetables and apparently we're supposed to be eating something like 10 to 20 cups of of fruits and vegetables of high fiber um foods a day 10 to 20 cups when's the last time you ate 20 cups of fruit and vegetables in a day
0: uh never
1: so right and exactly and then the even the the other stuff the the bad type of fiber the yeah. stuff we get from grains the grains that we were eating have most of the fiber removed like yeah. bleached flour yeah, has flour. virtually no fiber in it so we're not getting a lot of fiber, and it's becoming increasingly apparent that not only do we need it so we can poop better, our microbiomes need it so they can make us better serotonin, higher yeah. quality serotonin is what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, there's a big push for um, uh, against white foods, um, white flour. Just you know, apparently, most white things, are white just, rice, yeah, white sugar, not great for you.
1: Right.
0: You wanted to cover some of these weapons.
1: I really mainly just wanted to talk about the guy in northern Canada
0: oh the Inuit yeah all right well quickly this is from Vice and there was um a list of history uh, brown death Colin, a history of poop as a weapon yeah and they list out some times throughout history where people have like put poop on the end of their arrows or literally launched poops in a like a poop exploding poop bomb yeah uh, to make people sick yeah and uh Infected poop.
1: The Soviets had a, a method of getting rid of poop in a tank. Basically, you know, when you're yeah. in a tank and you're going along, you got to poop. So they said, well, let's just turn it into a weapon. Yeah, poop
0: in the artillery shell. Yeah.
1: And launch it out. But this one about an Inuit man who uh, lived in the 1950s. Uh, apparently, he appeared in a TED talk by Wade Davis, and he was the guy who did the Serpent in the Rainbow. Okay, I knew the name. I yeah. couldn't. Okay. guy's amazing. Yeah. Um he said that this guy was basically left by some Canadians to starve to death in uh, Arctic Bay, right? In northern yeah. Canada.
0: Apparently in the 1950s uh Canada forced uh Inuit people into settlement camps uh way in the high Arctic zone.
1: And it was basically like here's a couple of dogs. Good luck dying. Right. And but, that was it. Yeah. The Inuit elder was like I'm going to survive this one. <laughs> this is not my first rodeo. Because I'm going to, you know how it's super cold outside? I'm going to go outside and poop, and as my poop freezes, I'm going to fashion it into a knife, yep. and then your face is going to be red, because I'm going to use that knife to kill one of these dogs and use it for meat.
0: Yeah, that that part made me sad, of course, but uh it was for survival, and I think we didn't mention that they took all of his tools um away yeah. from him, so he he didn't have the knife.
1: Right, he just had himself, his poop, and the two dogs. Yeah,
0: until he fashioned his own poop knife. Frozen poop knife.
1: Yeah, and, uh, he butchered one of the dogs, used it for food for him and the other dog, and basically turned that dog into a sled. Used the other dog to pull said sled, and hightailed it down to San Antonio.
0: I I was waiting for the end when he, like, then stabbed members of Canada's government with poop, (laughs) with with a a poop poop knife. knife. (laughs) But that didn't happen.
1: No. He didn't didn't have any sour grapes. He just said, it is what it is. I'm just glad I got out.
0: And Frozen Poop Knife is not a good band name. Nope. Um, And I feel bad for saying this because I love these guys, but there is a band called Diarrhea Planet that, that are great.
1: What do they sound like?
0: Oh, it's just a wall of guitar. They've got like four guitar players. Hmm. Uh And it's just really good, but it's the worst name ever. And I don't know why someone hasn't said, guys, just do yourself a favor. Like you're not helping yourselves here in your career. Right. By calling yourselves Diarrhea Planet. So the, just if you're listening, guys, change it to Frozen Poop Knife. <laughs> and thank me later.
1: Uh I want to say, before we sign off, you got anything else? Nope. I want to say, um, I want to hear your euphemisms for poop, for pooping.
0: Oh, like dropping a deuce? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You got
1: any clever ones that I haven't heard before? Love to hear them. Yeah?
0: Yeah. I've always thought take a dump was weird. It's terrible. Because you're leaving a dump.
1: Yeah, but even still, this is gross. Yeah. Stool. What do you say? Stool. That's what you say? I'm going to evacuate my bowels. You've heard me say that before. I think I have, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very medical. While you're sending us those, go ahead and go on over to HowStuffWorks.com and type in uh, poop in the search bar, and it'll bring up some cool stuff. Uh, And since I said poop, it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, I'm going to call this um, uh, listener mail that Josh picked out. Oh. Hey, guys. Started listening to you a couple of years ago, since then I've blown through almost every episode. The reason I say almost is because I didn't keep track of which episodes I listened to from the beginning, so I constantly have to go through all the old episodes to figure out which ones I already heard and which ones I hadn't. Uh, The reason I mention this is because I noticed something. uh, What he started doing was keeping track, basically. Right. And he said, uh, I noticed something curious as I started listening to only new episodes. Uh, Almost exactly the next day after a new show, I noticed that whatever topic you covered has made its uh, way to me in some other form. Uh, Usually this comes in the form of a Reddit post... Uh, or a Mashable uh, Engadget or Gizmodo article, uh, the latest such occurrences from your episode on cryotherapy, go to Engadget, you will find that today there was a post talking about the subject. The article covers exactly what you two had already covered. I call this the Chuck and Josh effect. I love that. Yeah. And uh, usually berate my wife about how I just listened to you two talk about the subject. I'm sure it's been happening for quite a while, but it's always fun to see new articles pop up. From subjects you just covered uh, You have a big influence on the interwebs And what information gets passed around I don't know if it's due to us or coincidence I
1: think a lot of it is coincidence but but I'm Some of sure it it's probably We're inspiring
0: uh, I had tickets to see you in New York City last time you were here uh, But unfortunately our beloved dog Henry passed away that day Oh, sorry I'm sorry to hear that Ted uh, Hope you two are planning to make another trip out east It's not out east
1: It's up north well,
0: It's up north, out west, back east, and down south
1: Oh, yeah, back east. Back east.
0: Wagons east. But if you live down south and you're going east, you don't say I'm going, you say you're going up north.
1: Yeah, you go up. You go east, you end up in the ocean.
0: (laughs) And just because we don't hear Jerry doesn't mean she shouldn't get recognition for the work she does there.
1: Jerry gets enough recognition.
0: Hope to see you on the next tour. That is Ted Wheeler. And, Ted, uh, we read this in the poop article, so I don't know how this is going to touch your life personally, but (laughs) I can't wait to hear (laughs)
1: Ted he just said poop article and touch your life personally.
0: May all your poops be brown S's.
1: And Jerry way to go man <laughs> uh, If you want to get in touch with us you can tweet to us at SYSK podcast. You can join us on facebook.com slash stuff you should know You can send us an email to stuff podcast at uh, howstuffworks.com And as always join us at our home on the web stuffyshouldknow.com